0: You're listening to The Fantasy Football Show. During my 24-hour live stream marathon, I had the pleasure of having Andy Holloway on from The Fantasy Footballers. Here's that interview right now. Top five running back. You're watching The Fantasy Football Show. What's going on, Andy?
1: How's it going, Smitty? Can you see me? I can see you perfectly. I appreciate right, you. I think you. You can see me. I can't see you, just so you're aware, but I can hear you. Okay, good. Uh, well,
0: I appreciate you coming on. We're live, so uh, the uh, hellos, I guess, will be in front of everybody.
1: So it's nice to meet you, sir. <laughs> What's up? Uh, um, happy to join you. Yeah,
0: you're, uh, you're definitely an inspiration to everybody in the industry paving the way. Um, as everybody follows behind you, and you know, obviously in the podcast space, but in the video space as well, as you guys continue to pave it, we we appreciate everything you do, and and everybody in here has been excited. We have about yeah between 160 to like 200 people roughly in the room at all times. This is uh, hour number four of my 24 hour live stream, so. Uh, How are
1: you it, feeling now? Four hours in.
0: Uh, I've done it before, so I, I definitely know what to expect. But I've been—I've had a cold, so I've been. Uh, this hasn't been the best week for me to do it. But I'm not backing out. If I've got to go to urgent care, I'm okay. going to urgent care live. Like it's—it's it's all, <laughs> it's all a part all right. of it. But, but you're in Arizona too, like I am. Yeah, uh, we're both in Phoenix yep. right now. Um, and in my studio that I built uh, that you can't see, but later on a replay, check it out. But um, I built it under not underneath an ac duck so it gets hot and sweaty in here and i'm gonna have to change my apparel two or three times during this show because i did it <laughs> we, in february
1: we've, we've lived that life our original studio was my son's upstairs bedroom and we put three guys inside of it we took the door
0: uh so, short amount of time for us i want to talk about a topic that we absolutely love to talk about here and when i do mock drafts the players I'm about to read off to you, we're gonna go rookie running backs. They go like rounds higher than they do in real drafts. David Montgomery has been somebody I've been on top of since January, February is one of one of my favorite rookies from this class. And not only that, I think he could be a potential top 20 overall player in hindsight. Where you're saying you know anybody that drafts really late might take him. You know, th- I think he climbs into the second round by the end of of, of you know August here. What are your thoughts on David Montgomery, and what's the highest you would pay for him? like if he if he jumped into eighteen to twenty four overall value in redraft, are you buying David Montgomery at that at that value?
1: I mean, it's always tempting, right? When you have these uh, a new player, good situation, high draft capital, uh, certainly reasons to be excited about what we've seen from David Montgomery in preseason. And the opportunity there in Chicago, so um, I tend to agree with you. I think he's just going to continue to climb up. I mean, we haven't seen him on the field, which maybe protects his ADP a little bit. Now that they're uh, kind of, I guess, crowned him as that at jewel of the backfield, but um, you know, when you when you say, "Are you?" Com- I'm probably comfortable with David Montgomery as my running back too. Like, if the draft goes that way, I'm I'm probably comfortable with that. So I think there was a time this offseason I wasn't but um montgomery jacobs those two guys right now i'm comfortable with as my running back too uh i probably i mean i can't say i'm comfortable with miles sanders as my rb2 to start the year even though i think sanders will get there um but i i, I think montgomery is is where, what's do you have his average opposition for today up in front of you, or where's um, he going right now? The
0: third the third to fourth round, it's kind of all over the place depending on the data you look at, but from from sure. my my people coming back to me saying, Smitty, I got him in the third or fourth, I got him in the fourth or fifth, I got him in the second, uh, it's kind of all over the map. I think he's it's nothing settled, but for me, I think on average, I'm hearing everybody in the mid-third round is getting them like clockwork. And to me, that's win-a-league type material. That's like Arian Foster back in 2010 when he was a fourth and fifth rounder when he had top five written all over him. Um, I think it's a very, very similar situation. It smells an awful lot the same to me. And uh, in leagues where you can get him at 3.01, I think you're cleaning up because you can get you know that Mike Evans or Dalvin Cook type maybe with him. Uh, and and he's falling i don't i don't tend to take advantage of him in the fourth and fifth because i'm always grabbing him in the third round i don't let it I don't you are
1: afraid it, to lose him yeah
0: so i don't i've never experienced this fourth and fifth round stuff that people are talking about but uh, i i wouldn't be shy to take him at 18 to 22 i just wouldn't if, if if it came to that and i don't think it will yet but i would pay that
1: yeah i mean I think you get into that second category third category of running backs where i mean Beauty's in the eye of the beholder a little bit. I, I have my question marks around carry on Johnson. If you take Montgomery at twenty three range, that's about where Carryon's going. So depending on who you like more, there, I like. I don't mind you taking Montgomery over Damian Williams. That's another player in that two twelve uh, range. I'm a big Chris Carson fan. Like I still, I would go Chris Carson over Montgomery, but that's I know I'm kind of outside the norm for some on that they're pretty much back to back in drafts but it's not like you're not in a tier with without question marks right and so i think if you're a fantasy owner that's excited about the potential ceiling of montgomery uh you know there there are still there are still problems there uh or potential problems for the kind of clear runway for him to uh you know enter into the top tier or near that for running back. I mean, Tariq Cohen gets a lot of work in that offense. Not that they can't both be on the field, but you know, anytime you're a rookie to me, the risk is mistakes. The risk is fumbling, uh, pass protection, um, two minute drill, clutch situations, things that we haven't seen him do yet. And those are risks that don't exist with certain other players. Uh, but I, I, can't argue with the upside of david montgomery.
0: You mentioned damian williams, so darwin thompson is flying up sleeperu.com and the fantasy football show draft board. So when i do a mock with my people, he's going two and three rounds higher than he should and we all know it, but we're just, you know, watching it unfold every single time. Darwin thompson i think is obviously a must-own uh, and must cuff for damian williams owners. But where are you, what are you what are you predicting with that situation by let's say week 8? Do you think darwin's starting? And is he absolute gold
1: uh, as a standalone yeah, I'm, player? I'm not willing to. I, I love you know he's he's a sleeper on the podcast a couple days ago. Uh, I've have watched every preseason snap. I, I watched the camp videos. I love I love all the hype. But you're still talking about a player that I don't think. I don't think Andy Reid and I don't think this offense is looking at it as a kind of binary decision here. I think both players will be involved. I think the versatility Damian Williams brings, the pro- productivity from the end of last year has secured him a spot. So when I look at Darwin, I say, could you get a year the way we got one from Tariq Cohen last year, where you're so heavily involved as this RB2 in a good offense that you, you know, you represent a year long value. So by week eight, I don't think, you know, he's, he's a small guy. I mean, if you look at the, uh, the chiefs books right now, you, damian williams 224 darwin's buck 98 200 yeah, little guy you know he's 5 8 and i don't think that there's any illusion in andy reed's mind that boy it, my goal here is to give darwin thompson the, the majority of the work so i think you pay too much for damian williams right now because i think that he's not tenured as a you know Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America
0: NA, member FDSE.
1: Credible, productive, end of season, 95% catch percentage, which is outside the normal for his career. So I think he overperformed at the end of the year the same way Derrick Henry did, right? We have a track record of both players that doesn't quite match the way they ended the season so i think people are overpaying for williams i have been happy to see him drop down adp boards that i'm looking at towards the end of the second i mean there was a time when williams was going in the first round in a lot of drafts so um i don't think he belongs there i think darwin is a player they want to use as long as darwin uh proves himself capable on pass protection so they can actually put him in on third down and you know has been very impressive this talk of like goal line work for him is interesting you because know, we've seen some players that are kind of quote-unquote undersized be utilized in that capacity. Danny Woodhead comes to mind as a, a, a more undersized player that just had a nose for the end zone. If they're willing to give Darwin opportunities, we know the Chiefs will be around the end zone. So um, I don't know. I, I know he's shooting up boards right now. Uh, in front of me, I have him in the 10th round. I, I imagine he's going higher probably Where's he going in yours? You said he was going a couple rounds higher than... Yeah, I mean, people are round. drafting
0: him in like the seventh round in the mocks we do yep. constantly, and I'm, I'm, I'm. I think we might see it similar because I'm not anointing him the starter by any means. I mean, ten TDs in six games, the four regular season games, the two playoff games, he did not falter. Damian Williams was literally on fire and never ever yep. faltered. Like probably depending on the stats you look at, probably top two or three overall for a six game span of any, yeah. any running back. So I'm on board with if you own the duo, you have a top five to ten running back. I think pretty much guaranteed and so at third round value Damien's falling like you said he used to be a, a high second at least now he's a third rounder he's a really good gamble I really like Darwin uh, a lot though and he's a must have yeah. I do own him in a ton of leagues though without owning Damien because I just can't resist it um, he's great
1: right in best I mean I drafted him in every best ball league that I've played in this year because why not I mean even if he had if he pops off in three or four games because of that offense then that's just a home run.
0: Yeah, and two more running backs. And I know you're short on time, but uh, if you sure. want to touch on both of them, would be uh, and we're sticking with rookies. So uh, Devin Singletary, I'm also super high on, and uh, and then um, uh, I'd say um, Madison Jacobs would
1: be. Or, oh, Madison. Yeah, yeah, let's talk
0: about Madison uh, if you want. Jacobs, if you want to, just.
1: Yeah no no problem i I definitely uh, Madison's an interesting case because he really seems to have earned the trust of that coaching staff, and it's not like we have this track record of health with Dalvin Cook. I'm super high on Dalvin Cook. I wrote that uh, 32 Bold Predictions article meant to be spicy, but I, I put Dalvin Cook as that NFC rushing leader candidate because of what I think they want to do in this offense. We have some friends up in Minnesota that have said, look, Cook is Cook is in, in between the 20s. He's the goal line guy. He's going to get passing work. He certainly lines up that way, but at the same time, being Latavius Murray last year was valuable. Yeah, Being a, a, a compliment." On a team that wants to run, the football is valuable. So you start to look at Madison, assuming you crown him that backup, which I'm willing to do at this point, and you start to look at him and say, okay, like could standalone value exist late in drafts? One of my favorite things to say is it's like running back depth looks stupid until it doesn't. You can't have too many late-round running backs and give yourself the right. opportunity to see what happens. So Madison has entered that category. He's gone from being kind of an undrafted afterthought to, okay, they like him. And Murray's gone. So he's certainly interesting to me. Um, who was the first name you mentioned uh, actually, before Madison?
0: Actually, uh... Devin Singletary, but also Daryl Henderson might be even more important to talk about. Uh, I'm not sure how much you're familiar with any of my content, but a lot of the Todd Gurley, no Todd Gurley stuff that I've I've literally been shoveling out there since January, um, I, I feel like his value is climbing back up, but I feel like I've been conducting a train of no Todd Gurley since January. And uh, I'm really high in, on Daryl Henderson. Um, what are your thoughts on him? And then if you want, Devin Singletary, before you got to jump.
1: Sure. I'm not probably as high on Henderson as as you might be. I do think I think Henderson is this interesting situation this year where regardless of of Gurley's health, Henderson could get 5 to 10 touches a game. And what I mean by that is like Malcolm Brown is going to be heavily involved. Malcolm Brown sat down in this preseason. He's got this quote-unquote backup role. Um it's his. It's his backup job and that to me means when Todd Gurley needs to rest the knee when they're up by two touchdowns when he's a little sore they're going to be totally willing to spend that fourth quarter grinding it out with Malcolm Brown now if Gurley goes out Malcolm Brown's going to be involved as the starter but Henderson's role won't change I think that the way that I'm interpreting that situation is Henderson will have a role regardless of the health of Todd Gurley and then if he does a lot with it, that's when you start to get excited about back half of the season, Gurley has a big issue. Obviously, he's the far more explosive, dynamic player, but still, some of those rookie question marks, the way that they've treated Malcolm Brown this offseason makes me uh, hesitant to spend a high draft capital pick on Henderson yet. That's kind of where I'm at.
0: Okay, and Singletary?
1: Singletary, I just—I made a move for him in my dynasty league. I'm—I'm excited about the long-term potential. I'm worried that you might be caught with a complete lack of production for the early part of this year, where loyalties to McCoy, loyalties to Gore. uh, I think they're going to persist until this team feels like it needs to make an adjustment. So, if they, my concern would be that Buffalo has success and they stick with McCoy and Gore, and you don't get to see enough Singletary. So that would be the, that's like the worst-case scenario, I think. I think the best-case scenario is this team realizes that it needs something more dynamic in the passing game. It needs something more dynamic in the running game. It's not going to pay the elder statesman price and continue to bestow carries upon these guys that are, are truly has-beens at this point, and they move to him sooner. So... Uh, I don't have a reason to believe right now. Like, we've been speculating on the Sean McCoy being cut for eight months. I maybe. mean, uh, everybody's been saying, oh, maybe they'll do it. Maybe they'll save the money. They have this deep backfield. It doesn't seem like that's happening right now. So, at that point, you have to say, Josh Allen runs the football a ton. McCoy and Gore are going to be above Singletary in the depth chart. So, I look at Singletary as a second-half player for
0: fantasy yeah and you might sound like I'm high on every single rookie I'm not high on Jacobs I'm not high on Singletary uh I'm high as far as receivers go on Debo Samuel I think this year is going to be pretty good for a rookie sure. and I think he's sure. going to be an absolute you know next uh Anquan Bolden meets Steve Smith I really like him a lot I like Nikhil Harry yeah that's
1: a, that's a good comp
0: um but Henderson I think this this running back crew this running back this rookie running back class is loaded with those those players that later on, you know, they don't mm-hmm. look like the Zeke Elliott's, we're going to have two or three potential top 15 running backs for the future in fantasy from this this running could back could
1: be class. right. Uh, Definitely. I mean, rookie running backs can make their mark, that's for sure. Yeah, More than rookie wideouts do.
0: Yeah, real excited about this class. But hey, Andy, I know you got to jump, so I just wanted to say thank you for coming on and, and keep doing what you're doing, man. You guys are doing some big things. You keep getting bigger. And everybody here was real excited to have you, you jump on and just, uh, you know, appreciate you.
1: Absolutely, and uh, thanks for having me. And good luck with the remaining twenty hours of your endeavor, sir.
0: Twenty hours and twenty-seven minutes, to be
1: Stay exact. Stay cool, okay? Stay cool. <laughs> yeah, I got to change. I'll talk to you later. <laughs> All right, thanks so much, thanks, Andy. Care.
0: So that was cool of Andy to stop by. Hope you guys enjoyed that interview. Um, interesting to, to hear his take on some of those rookies that we might be a little bit higher on. Top five running backs. You're watching The Fantasy Football Show. You're listening to The Fantasy Football Show.